Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30-plus years. So no matter where you are in your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GS Coach Ed or look us up, and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online. Coaches, this is Coach Matt Dennis, and I'm truly excited and blessed to join Coach Furtado on the Championship Vision Podcast. If you're a coach looking to get better at your craft, you're really going to love this episode. If you'd like more great coaching content, I encourage you to check out other episodes on the podcast, as well as to head over to CoachMattDennis.com, where you can join my newsletter and sign up for a free trial of the Coaching Lab, where my goal is to help coaches find more success in less time. Coaches, welcome uh, to the Championship Vision Podcast, episode 277. Today, we have Colton Houston. Colton is a graduate of Harvard University with 13 years of experience working in basketball at the college and high school levels. From 2010 to 2019, Colton spent nine seasons on staff with Alabama men's basketball. As Alabama's director of operations, he was responsible for the program's non-conference scheduling and analytics efforts. In addition to other duties, such as opponent scouting, on-campus recruiting, running UA's basketball camps, and facilitating team travel. Drawing on over a decade's worth of experience, analyzing and applying all manner of statistics, Colton has developed a deep understanding for how to effectively build a bridge from advanced statistical analysis to practical basketball application. Most importantly, he understands how college basketball programs function and how to communicate insights to coaching staffs in a productive and efficient way. Uh, he started HD Intelligence, which is a great, uh, he's going to talk about that as far as basketball analytics for college and pro teams. And what we're going to do is um, I'm going to pick his brain on how we can take that data knowledge and apply it to us here at the high school level. So um, I think it's going to be really cool. I love analytics. Uh, I know many of you are in huddle and so forth. So uh, I think uh, Colton's going to give us a really great insight. Let's welcome Colton Houston. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast. Uh, I know you guys enjoyed my podcast yesterday with Coach Mike Dunlap, assistant coach from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, interviewing my next guest, Colton Houston. Um, Colton is, uh, he started HD Intelligence, which is a basketball analytic company. And he currently works with college team, NCAA college basketball teams around the country. Uh, I just wanted to add to formerly uh, basketball ops of University of Alabama. Now I'm a Georgia guy now, so I don't hold that against you, Colton, but, uh, but welcome to the podcast, man. 
Thanks, Kevin. I'm thrilled to be here. I've heard a lot of great things about the podcast and Mike Dunlap's a tough act to follow, but you know, we'll do our best to, to provide some useful stuff out there for your listeners. Hey, let's hey, uh, give, give coaches like myself who uh, are still back in the stone age. Uh, you're going to help us out a little bit before we do that. Talk about like, you know, where you played, where you grew up, how sports came in, in impactful in your life. No, that's just a great question. Um, so I played sports my entire life. So I, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, born and raised there. Um, so not too far from where you are and living in Tuscaloosa now, because you know, obviously we worked at UA for a while. Um, but I grew up playing, you know, be- basketball, baseball, football, kind of the big three that most kids played. Um, loved all of them, played football and basketball all the way through high school, went to a big public school there in Birmingham. Um, but basketball is sort of in the blood. My, my dad was a all-state player uh, in Dothan, Alabama, who played Juco ball. My, even my granddad was an all-state player back in his day. And I have a younger brother that played at uh, BMI in the uh, Big South Conference. Now they're in the SOCON. So um, I'm 6'4", and I'm the shortest guy in our family. So we're definitely like basketball junkies. Sure. But um, I, I went to Harvard for my undergrad and actually played one year there on the JV team. I'm kind of dating myself because they don't even have a JV anymore. But yeah. they did back in the early 2000s, and, and that was a fun experience. Uh, and then we were talking about this before the pod real briefly, but my first job out of college, I was coaching – at a school called Christ School. A lot of your listeners probably heard of Christ School up there in Asheville, North Carolina. It's the assistant varsity basketball coach, taught Spanish, taught government, lived in a dorm with a bunch of freshmen. I mean, it was an experience. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Uh, two years there. We actually won a state championship my first year. So got to coach some really good players. And uh, to make a long story short, I kind of got out of coaching, went to grad school, but never lost that itch for it. So uh, a few years after I'd left uh, the job in North Carolina, I, I got on at Alabama. So I started at Alabama in 2010 with Anthony Grant, who's still one of my mentors and people I look up to who's helped, helped me a lot in the business. And I worked for him for five years, kind of moved up into that operations role. And then w- we hired Avery Johnson. You know, I had a chance to stick around. So, you know, Coach Johnson's phenomenal. He was an NBA coach of the year with the Mavs back in the day. So I've had really, I've been blessed to work for two really good coaches really different styles too, which helped me grow to kind of see different ways of doing it. But uh, so I stayed at Alabama for nine years, um, started HDI in 2019. I know we'll get into that a little bit, but that's, that's my journey in a nutshell. Yeah. I love that. Um, and of course, no, I mean, I'm a big fan of Nate Oates. I think I, I text you on that and so forth. Uh, and you have no. a great article about how he's they. He's totally into analytics and the three-point shot and the layups. And uh, my, my program is very similar to that. And that is, uh, we shoot a lot of threes, Colton. I mean, Good. we don't make a lot, but we shoot. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and we press the whole game and right. we're up-tempo and so forth. So, um, so I want you to help out. Uh, how did your basketball operations, working with those coaches, kind of led you to what you're doing right now? I think you mentioned that, but... I want you to go into detail on what, what led you to what you're doing now. Yeah, I just think I, I realized it was a really natural fit for my interest and my skills. Um, so when I started at Alabama, you know, I, I was basically a volunteer GA and I was only guaranteed one year and I didn't get paid a dime. I volunteered to get my foot in the door there. Hmm. And one of the assistants, actually John Brandon, who's another friend, former head coach at Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. He said, listen, you have an opportunity here to basically attack and expand your responsibilities. And if you make yourself valuable, you know, coach is going to keep you around. He's basically giving you a tryout here because, you know, he thinks 
you, you're, you know, you, you potentially could be an asset to the program. So uh, one of the things uh, among many things that I tried to sort of just attack and make my own and add value to the program was uh, I realized there was this website out there called kenpom.com. And a lot of people have heard of Ken Pomeroy now, but back then he was more um, unknown, uh, certainly not very, you know, completely unknown, but just not as widely known as he is now. And, you know, the, the data that was on his website and the way he thought about stats and a tempo free context made a lot of sense to me. I read a book called basketball on paper by Dean Oliver, kind of oh, the, the yeah. foundational text of basketball analytics really. And, you know, I said, Hey, maybe this is one way I can add value to our program. So I actually started doing opponent scouting report write-ups like two to three page reports based on what we would call advanced statistics and handing them to our assistants that they didn't ask me to do it. I just started doing it. And it was funny because every assistant had a little bit of a different reaction. Some of them looked at me like, what the heck is this, man? I didn't ask for this. Um, but a couple, John Brandon included, uh, eventually started, you know, asking questions, which I knew was a good sign. Hey, what, what does this mean? Okay. This offensive rebound rate, like help me understand what this is. So um, it's like anything else. It's like watching film. There's a learning curve to it, but I tried to distill that information down into just a few bullet points, you know, a couple short paragraphs. And eventually I started handing those to coach Grant as well. He came around. And so that kind of became one of my niches in the program as I was the analytics guy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I enjoyed that stuff. I, I think it's helpful. And I was doing a lot of other stuff that needed to be done, but didn't really feel like I was moving the needle in a significant way in terms of helping our program. And I kind of felt like, Hey, if I can help our team prepare a little better, understand our opponent a little better, and you know, maybe we win in a one possession game, all that stuff matters. Right. So I, maybe this is something I can actually do to bring some real value to wins and losses here. So that's kind of how it became my niche. And then a few years into it, I started to think that there's, there's more that could be done and had the idea of, you know, what, what if there's an outside company that could help coaches, you know, in, in a more robust way than I'm just doing in house. Cause I'm doing a hundred different things. This is just one thing they're, they're asking me to do. But um, so that's, that, that's kind of where it came from. And, you know, I, I can talk, I'll, I'm sure I'll talk more about HDI, but that's kind of the genesis of it. Yeah. I really want you to get into it. And I want you uh, to kind of tell like, I, and I read about your, basically it's about um, scheduling optimization. Tell me if I'm wrong, but, and nope. also about uh, the analytics part. Um, yeah. I, I really thought it was cool. And I'm going, and I, I read an article, and I want you to help me about scheduling. I think there's a big part of that we can utilize at the high school level. Sometimes I think we just schedule to be, to be scheduling. I know in Illinois, they have a kind of a rating system based on strength of schedule. So who you schedule is really valuable. Mm. And I know you could probably kind of help for us high school coaches. Is there some validity to that, to what you do? Yeah, I didn't realize that about Illinois. That That is really interesting. So um, once we had a coaching change at Alabama and Coach Johnson came in, I started handling our scheduling. And I'll, I'll be honest, at the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing. It was the blind leading the blind there. Um, and I learned from some trial and error. You know, we had a couple – years where I thought I'd put together a good schedule looking back on it. It probably wasn't, it was an average schedule. I just sort of tried to do what everyone else was doing out there. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the genesis of the company actually comes from a guy named Matt Dover, my business partner. He's a data scientist. Matt reached out to us with some scheduling ideas. So this was really where the whole thing started and, and working with Matt now, shoot for five, five years at this point, six years, you know, I've, this stuff has become second nature, but it was really uh, when he first presented some of his ideas, it was like, wow, like 
this makes sense. I've never thought of this before that the teams you schedule can actually make an impact on, do we get in the tournament, right? Do we get a good seed? And the beauty of it is it doesn't really, you don't have to be a better team necessarily. You can be the same quality of team, but if you schedule a little more strategically and uh, you kind of use your schedule to your advantage, man, maybe you're in the tournament when you otherwise wouldn't be. So from a high school standpoint, if states like Illinois, uh, there may be other states out there like this, look at a strength of schedule component or they rate teams and they sort of evaluate you, not necessarily just based on your record, but who you played, who you beat. It's basically what the selection committee does, right? On the college level, they have a, they're basically evaluating a resume. So all, our whole thing is let's enhance your resume through scheduling. So yeah, if you're in a high school association that does that, you know, the, the key is trying to know before you schedule the games, the quality of these teams, that's the hardest piece of the puzzle, you know? So we have projections that we model based on past performance, based on roster and coach. And that's why, you know, I have to partner with a data scientist because he has the skills to do that. But once we have those projections, then it becomes pretty easy because now we can say, Hey, <clears throat> coach Furtado, like you probably need to play a little tougher games here. Here's two or three teams that would be good to fit uh, into your schedule to help you at the end of the year. Yeah. And I guess you have algorithms and things like that that mm -hmm. goes into all of that, but give me some, um, some really simple principles uh, to talk about, let's say the University of Georgia, okay? Our basketball program has struggled for a while, okay? Looking at their schedule, and, you, and you're an Alabama guy, so you know pretty much who they're playing. Yeah. Um, is there a strength of schedule? Is that, is that a good enough schedule for them to get into the NCAA tournament? Maybe that's a big question for you, but uh, I, want, I want my dogs going into the, in the yeah. tournament. So the first question we always ask is, what's your goal? And – you know, coaches have to be honest with that. Um, if the goal is to get in the tournament, right, then you need to take a certain course of action with your non-conference schedule. And this is painting with a broad brush. It's not always this simple, but generally the committee over rewards strength of schedule playing challenging games. So the, the upside of playing a tough game greatly outweighs the downside. Even if it's a tough game to win, you might lose it. The reverse is true when you play what they call quad four games, right? Teams that are rated 250, 300 in the in the net system, you're probably going to win those games, but the upside's very, very small. And the downside, even when you win, there's a downside because it lowers your strength of schedule. And then if you lose, it's really bad, right? And you, you always have to take into consideration there's no such thing as a guaranteed win or a guaranteed loss. Like we see it every night in college basketball. You never know what's going to happen. So you have to think about, you know, both scenarios there. So I haven't looked at Georgia's strength of schedule lately. They're not a client, but I, I think I have a decent idea of it. it it's probably not ideal if you want to be a tournament team but again I don't you'd have to talk to the coaches before the season and ask you know what's the purpose of our non-conference schedule because some coaches are going to say look we just want to build up some confidence get some wins under our belt play a bunch of home games and that's fine if that's your goal you just need to know that that might not align with maximizing your chances of getting in the tournament and Colton let's let's be honest the bottom line is NC tournament getting in there and the NC tournament money. I mean, yep. is that, I mean, that, that's, that's real. I think that's every right. program D one program is trying to get into the NCAA. Tournament. Yep. Um, what about for us high school coaches on that? What should we look for? Um, I don't know if there, if there's an algorithm for high school coaches, but I do know this when we play a tougher team, should you play them maybe early in the season or late in the season? What do you look for as far as, college teams that can relate to high school. I like to play tough teams early. 
I feel like most coaches are the opposite, Kevin. You know, really? a lot of teams we talk to, you know, we'll talk to a high major head coach and we have 12 plus clients that we do the scheduling for. And we say, here, here these, these are some good games. And they'll say, well, I need my opener to be a win. Right. And I don't, th- there's always, I don't want to play a tough game here. I don't want to come back from Christmas or right before Christmas and play a tough game. Like, and the sequencing of the games does matter um, for the, from the team standpoint, but from the committee standpoint, or I guess the state athletic associations who are evaluating, I don't think, I know in college it's true. They don't care about when you played a team, a wins and wins, a loss is a loss. So I, I kind of agree with you. I think that if you play a team that's really good early, it probably increases the quality of those practices, get your guys locked in, um, obviously you play a really tough game right off the bat and you kind of know what you have there. We have a few clients that, you know, we work with on the performance analytics side that we didn't put their schedule together. I'm not going to name any names here, but um, <laughs> they go through the non-conference. These are really good top 25 type teams. And they go through the non-conference just beating up on teams that they're way better than. And it's really kind of hard to know how good you are until you go on the road to play a high major or you get in a conference play. And I think teams like Alabama, who schedule Houston or Gonzaga, Memphis, they know who they have early. They know what they're working with. And some of these teams, they don't really find out till January. Right. And I, I love the article uh, about schedule optimization by LSU 2018-19 season. Talk about that a little bit, how they were going in there, not really a possible NCAA bid team, and they got in. Talk about that article and talk about uh, that team. Yeah, so um, LSU has been a client for a couple of years now. They use us for scheduling and for performance analytics. Coach Wade's a really big believer in data and numbers, so it wasn't wasn't a tough sell. But they're they're one of our success stories. You know, we could point to some other teams, Alabama and Cincinnati, a couple of years ago. Missouri last year falls in this boat. But essentially, where your schedule makes the biggest difference is when you're when you are or could be a bubble team. Because now we're talking about are we getting in or not, and you know that that that's huge. That's huge for schools for a variety of reasons. Um, we helped them put that schedule together. They fully bought into what we were doing. They went out and played probably a tougher schedule in the non-conference that they had played in a long, long time, and got some wins out of it. I think they might even they lost a couple of those games, but you know you kind of weigh the risk reward there. And because of the schedule they played, right, they were able to. And look, they got a the coaches do most of the work team has to win at share games. We're only helping them use scheduling as kind of a marginal advantage, but when you are a potential bubble team, it makes a huge difference. And that was a, an example, just like Missouri last year of a team that if you look at their metrics, right, their net, or, you know, it used to be the RPI, you know, we look at Ken Palm Sager and all these metrics, the committee looks at, they're right on the, the, the borderline of, or should they be in or out? And the schedule is what sort of puts them over the edge. Right. So that was a, that was a big time success story. That, that those are the teams you can look back and say, "Hey, if I had scheduled differently, if I'd gone out and played a bunch of three hundred plus teams and just won a bunch of games, I'm probably in the NIT right now." Right. Oh, what's holding back these colleges? I'm looking here, going, "Man, this is cool stuff." I mean, I love data. Now, data. I I, I think data is the truth, and sometimes people don't like the truth, man. I'll give you an example. I have. My uh, one of my assistant coaches um, has uh, his kid on my team and we get arguments all the time because, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, in our algorithm and how we figure out our lineups, you know, she was having like a 28 percent turnover percentage. It's mm-hmm. like that's a fact. It doesn't matter. The eye test doesn't work. 
she's got to lower her percentage and we got to you know work with her on making better decisions like data to me data and video are the truth i i, I just I, i'm tired of people arguing about it what's your i know you're a big believer in it. yeah i mean i've run a data analytics firm so i'm not gonna sit here and say there's no value in data uh you know i'm, I'm gonna amen what you're saying there i do i do think that one reason we're able to have success is because we can talk to coaches on their own terms and we have seven full-time employees at HDI. Six of them either played coached or were a manager in, in division one college basketball. So we've all been in there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we say is look data, it, it doesn't give you every single answer. It is a really powerful tool, mm -hmm. but it's not the only tool in your toolbox, video, eye test, feel that stuff still matters. But it's kind of like playing with one hand tied behind your back. If you only rely on eye test and feel, even if you only have film and you don't have a good set of data to go to. Um, so what all we try to do and when we talk about analytics and this probably gets into some of the stuff that's more practical for your your high school coaches listening is when we say analytics, we're really talking about a three step process, collecting data, interpreting that data and then applying those insights. So collecting the data is important. A lot of that's just going to be stuff that, you know, in the box score from the games, whatever. But then there's a tremendous opportunity to track your own stats. And, and I would say one of, the, one of the differences between high school and college is that in high school, not as much data gets tracked and is available to you, but, but nobody is stopping you from collecting your own data. So, you know, if I'm a high school coach, I want to track and you can be creative with your assistants. Or maybe you have student managers or guys who are hurt, you know, you can find it, it really, it doesn't take that much effort with a pad and a, a pencil to track this stuff. But, you know, some coaches are big on deflections and diving on the floor. And, you know, some coaches, if I were a coach, I would grade like the quality of our shots, you know, was this highly contested? Was it uncontested? Sure. And that, that goes for defense and for offense. Um, you know, I can show you here in a minute. I know some people are listening. Some people have the, the audio, the visual component, but, you know, at Alabama, we would track on our bench each possession, kind of have a shorthand there that allowed us in game to keep up with things like efficiency and turnover rate and, you know, right. streaks and things like that. Um, but no, I think I think numbers don't lie. Numbers can lie. You can make numbers lie. But if you're using them correctly, they're not going to lie. And they do two things. It gives you a clear picture of what's actually happening, a clearer picture. It also, to, to, to speak to your example there with your player, it gives you some kind of black and white ammo right to go to one of your players and say look it's not because i don't like you but your 28 percent turnover rate is hurting us <laughs> right and and hopefully it's like hey this isn't personal this is about the team and it gives them some measurable goals hey if we can get this turnover rate down but below 20 percent, we're gonna we're gonna keep tracking you in practice then you know maybe you play some more sure and it gives them kind of a metric right to aim for objective data right i mean 100%. i think all teach i mean i think there's some subjectivity that's valid, but I think a lot of more objective data, the better in, in my very humble opinion, but you got to make sure it's, it's actually good data that you're taking. That's right. <laughs> if the data is flawed, then the interpretation's flawed and the application's flawed. So absolutely. Um, hey, if you don't mind, I've got, and I know some people are listening, so I'll, yeah. I'll talk through this, but, but for the people sure. who are watching this on CoachTube or YouTube or anywhere, um, this is kind of a short, I, I think as I was thinking about high school coaches, right? Cause we work with college coaches, but I was a high school coach, got a lot of friends that are high school coaches. Um, obviously that's kind of your target audience here. Yes, sir. Um, so, so I, for those of you who can't see, there's a slide here that just says, what are your thoughts on analytics? So this is, 
These are some responses that we collected at HDI going out and trying to sell our product to college teams. And a lot of the responses we got initially weren't always positive. So painful and scary. These are actual quotes from college coaches. Too much info, data overload. How does help me win? I've, I've gotten this far doing things my way. So there, now you, you're probably an exception. You know, Nate Oates, who was a high school coach a few years ago, certainly doesn't fit this mold. There are a lot of coaches who understand the benefits, but there are a lot of coaches for whatever reason who have, you know, have a barrier up when it comes to this. So the way we try to break through that, and I think this would, this applies to any coach at any level, is you, you define the word analytics. And so for us, we, we have a very simple definition using data to make better decisions. That's all it is, right? How does data factor into your decision-making process? And here's the kicker, Kevin, is every coach at every level is already doing this. They probably don't call it analytics, but every coach I've ever been around, it does two things after every game, just using this as as a practical example. They're going to go back and watch the film and they're going to look at the stats. You know, and, and when you look at those stats, you're already engaging in analytics. Now, you might not be doing it at a high level. You might not be doing it as effectively as you could, but you're already doing it. So all that we try to do for our clients and, and what I would encourage those listening out there to do is, is think about how can we do that better? Because the truth is data and, and the slide I have up now says the analytics wave like this, the amount of data that's available to us is going to continue to increase, right? And the, the way coaches use data is going to continue to get better. So I feel like coach really can either be on the front end of that trend and, and kind of have an advantage, or if you're a late adapter, it's probably going to put you at a disadvantage. Right. And so th- those are the three, if you can see the screen now, that, that three-step process. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. Collect, interpret, apply. Collect, interpret, apply. We go back to that over and over again. Um, and, and that applies to so many different aspects of your team. It can be individual player development. It can be kind of offensive execution. It can be defensive efficiency. But you know, what data are you collecting? How do you interpret that? And how do you apply that? Colton, how do you, uh, let's take, for example, Alabama. And I know they're big, Nate Oates is big on 
taking a lot of threes, layups. Uh, I'm not sure what his is uh, analytics for defense is, but what 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 do you guys do to help that team out? Do you help um, gather the data? What do you guys do? What do that's a really good question. So we call ourselves a full service analytics partner. And so we really seek for, for a program like Alabama that, that's hired us at that level, we seek to replicate what an MBA analytics department would do for an MBA franchise in-house. The, for various reasons, these colleges don't have that in-house. Or it's probably not very feasible for them to do that. Um, but there's a reason that all 30 MBA teams have that. You, know, you can gain a tremendous advantage by doing that well. So we help them collect the data. Um, we put together custom reports that are visualized in a specific way. I can show you a couple of examples. I know not all your uh, listeners can see this, but like this is an example of a post-game report that our clients get. It's called an HD box score. Mm-hmm. So it's really meant to replace the traditional box score. Every piece of data that's on that traditional box score is here, plus a lot more, uh, whether it's tempo-related breakdowns or you know, separating out half court and, and transition offense, first half, second half, a lot of your tempo free four factors, team stats are here at the top of the page. This one's for Arkansas, Arkansas Ole Miss game the other night um, that Arkansas won. Uh, so they'll get this after the game. The second page here is a custom shot chart, color coded, red, yellow, green, very basic. I mean, when it comes to data visualization, simple is better, right? Right. Because right. if a coach can't look at it and know what he's looking at, then, then it's, it's, it's worthless. Uh, and then we have a defensive page and a defensive shot chart. Uh, another example of a report we do for our full service clients is, a, is an opponent scout. So now instead of thinking about self-evaluations, well, how are we preparing for this next game? So UConn's a client of ours. They're getting ready to play Georgetown. Um, we actually do a lot of writing here. Mm, uh, I love it. Yeah. Because a lot of coaches aren't just going to be able to look at 10 different spreadsheets and, and actually take something valuable. So we try to spell out what we think the application is uh, alongside some of these charts and graphs that, you know, for example, here, breaking down Georgetown's half court offense, what types of shots do they take? You know, what are their shooting efficiencies, their rebounding rates, um, individual player stats. And it's like anything, the first time you see this, you don't know the format. So it's going to be a little bit foreign, but our, our, our format never changes. So after two games, Coach knows exactly what to look for, exactly what he's looking at. They call us, make sure they have any questions. We answer those. Um, but, and then, you know, th- this is what a player um, scouting report looks like. And I know your, your listeners on the podcast can't see it, but we basically have three pages for each player. One's just a few bullet points summarizing their game, their strengths That's and weaknesses. Yeah. Then the actual data, which some of these coaches love the numbers and data, so they can dive right into – the charts and the graphs. And then uh, the third page is that shot chart for each guy. Yeah. I'm falling in love with this stuff, man. This is awesome. Um, I mean, if you, I mean, I just think this is very specific data that you can apply to your game plan. Um, I mean, this is great stuff. And not only that, it saves time. Um, How does this relate to synergy coach? I know all the NCAA teams, right. Have access to synergy. How, How does that relate? Synergy is another tool in the toolbox. Um, Synergy is great because it's really the only thing out there that combines analytics and video. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's clips associated with, you know, um, rim efficiency and things like that. Um, We, 
we pull a lot of the data and are able to kind of come up with stats and ways of measuring things that you can't find on Synergy. Mm -hmm. But Synergy also offers things we don't. I would say the biggest difference though, and this is what sets us apart from really any other service or company is Synergy, Kenpom, you know, shot quality, shot tracker, you can name a bunch of these other college, but these are, these would all fall in the category of data delivery services. Like you go there and you get data, you can find out a lot of different pieces of information. We are not primarily data delivery. We, we consider ourselves more of like a consulting model. So we give you the data and, and we think this is the, the real value add, um, help interpreting and applying uh, that data. So we're, we're your partners. Our coaches call us. You know, I, I don't think you could ask any college coach, like, who's your contact Synergy? And Synergy is great. This isn't a knock on them. It's just a different business model. They, they're not going to know who to call it Synergy. Synergy is just a website you log into. Whereas every coach that works with HDI has two dedicated points of contact <clears throat> that, we, that they call and, and can have a conversation with or ask a question to. So I think that's the, the biggest differentiator there. It's more of relational, I guess. And I, I love that. So they can, uh, and I love your scatter reports. You really gave some details on each individual player. Does Synergy do that? Or is that, that separates you guys as well? I mean, that's great stuff. Yeah, you know, Synergy is going to give you a certain set of stats on each guy. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that's very valuable. And I would imagine a lot of our clients also go to Synergy, just like they also go to Ken Palm and you know, there's other sources of data. We try to be as comprehensive as we possibly can be, right? So our hope is that you really don't need to go anywhere after you have this, this report that, you know, we're looking at here. Um, but if I'm a coach, I'm probably still going to those other spots and just sort of, because I'm a thorough person, right? I want to make sure that no stone is left unturned there. Um, you know, a big question, Kevin, and I'd love to hear you talk about this maybe, because you're the coach that would put something like this into action. But a, a big kind of conversation point with our clients is how much of this filters to the players, right? right? And, and, and it's a pretty wide range. I mean, some clients give their guys a lot of information and some coaches are really guarded about, hey, we only want our players to focus on two or three things here so that they're not thinking too much while they play. But that's always a big conversation. What, what's your thought on that? Simple. Yep. Simple. I'm at a new program building a whole new culture and program here. Um, and sometimes uh, I can give my team information overload. And I finally said, you know what? I need to commit to the power of one. I mean, just set one simple concept per area. For example, like if it's offense, you know, um, you know, I used to have five or six plays and, you know, but, and I spoke to Mike Dunlap about this. He says, you know what? Have a play and a counter or maybe hmm. two plays and a counter. Don't give the kids scatter report don't give more than three areas from the opponent, strengths or weaknesses, simplified thing. That's, I mean, I totally believe in that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mentioned earlier, I worked for two different head coaches at Alabama and they had two different philosophies, but they both worked, you know, and, and coach Johnson come from the NBA, probably very similar background to coach Dunlap. Too many games, too many turnarounds to go super duper deep on everybody. Right. Um, so we were, we were more simplified there, but we, we emphasize the things that we emphasized with coach Grant. Um, it's much more detailed and the, the way, the reason that worked, I think is because there's a culture within his programs and an expectation of the players that, yeah, we're going to go through this and you're expected to learn it. 
That's the culture of our program. And that's going to be our advantage Mm -hmm. because the other team isn't going to be as detail oriented and as prepared as we are. And I never felt like it held the team back from, you know, playing hard or anything like that. But, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get it done. Um, It's interesting that, uh, you know, what you, what you said there being a simple is better type mentality. Yes. Um, And I want to kind of go into now, like, how can we apply, what are some key stats? Mm -hmm. There's always a bunch of stats. What are some key Dean Oliver? What are key stats for winning? What have you learned that are key stats for winning games? Yep. Let's get into that. I'm probably, I'll just, I'll go ahead and tell you the front. I'm not going to say like, here's the one stat. I, I, I can say that it's going to be obvious stuff, but I think help, helping coaches think about their own program and, and how to sort of think of the data in a linear fashion or kind of a top-down approach, I think is really helpful. So, and I have a couple of visuals to help with that. So sure. I, the first thing when a coach says, Hey, I want to learn to do analytics better, incorporate that into our program. I always think the first question has to be, who are you as a coach? What do you value? personality-wise, philosophy-wise, you, you can't do anything that doesn't align with that because it's not going to work, right? So who are you? If you're just wired as a defensive guy, as a hard-nosed, uh, up the line, on the line, pressure, then you got to play that way. And we have to incorporate analytics into that. I think you also have to think about what type of personnel you have. Do you have the talent or the, the roster to play a certain way? Are you deep? Are you shallow? You know, Do you have rim presence you have players on the inside you have guards etc shooting um so then that leads into identity what's your identity going to be what are you going to emphasize and then i think from there this is a big question if i'm a coach i want to have an answer to this going into the season what is our team's unique statistical formula for success because the mistake a lot of coaches make who are just getting into this stuff for the first time is they see like the four factors for example effective field goal percentage, mm-hmm. offense rebound rate, turnover rate, free throw attempt rate. And they want to be great at all four. And so they set these lofty goals and that's just not very realistic. You know, no, even the best teams in the country aren't dominating in every area. So based on your philosophy, you know, your, your scheme and your players, you know, what are the things you're really going to emphasize? How are you going to win? Um, so this kind of gets more into your question of what stats should we care about? And um this is the piece uh, here that's probably most visually based. And I'll do my best to kind of explain it. But at the end of the day, what you care about is your efficiency margin. And, and, and when I say that, that's your offensive efficiency, points per possession, minus your defensive efficiency, right? So how many points per possession are we scoring? How many points per possession is your opponent scoring? And I'm going to show you a, a couple of slides later, like a really simple way to track that mm-hmm. on a bench during a game. You could track this at this first grade level, right? This is super easy stuff, but that's what you really care about. So then the next level here is, okay, well, you have your offensive efficiency and that's obviously going to be a separate thing from your defensive efficiency. So now you're thinking about each end of the floor. The next level there is, we've mentioned these a couple of times, those four factors. So one of the things that Dean Oliver did in that basketball on paper book from the early 2000s is he did the work of identifying which stats correlate most closely with offensive success or defensive success, right? So these four factors have kind of become mainstream. Like I was at an NBA game a couple of years ago and they had on the big jumbotron four factors and then they had the stats. And so these are pretty widely known and, and you Google and find these out in two seconds if you forget. But 
they're the same on offense and defense. What's your effective field goal percentage? So just a measure of how efficiently you score the ball from the field. The only difference with effective field goal percentage, right, is it takes into account that threes are worth more than twos. Yeah, yeah. What's your turnover rate? What percent of your possessions you turn it over? What's your offensive rebound rate? Mm-hmm. Percent of your missed shots you get back and your free throw rate. Um, so obviously you care about that on both ends of the floor. Another way to think about offensive and defensive efficiency, and this is something I encourage coaches to track internally. We, we track this for our clients and it's a, it's a major value add because most of them aren't doing this already is tracking your half court and your transition defense separately. Um, you can also, if you want to get more detailed with it offensively, you can track your late clock offense. Now, most high schools don't have shot clocks. I think some do and some don't at this point, right. but at the college level, that's a big deal. Defensively, if you press, right, you can throw that in there. What's our press efficiency, but sort of knowing how your, your different scenarios defensively and offensively a breakdown. If you want to go another level deeper, right. I know there's a lot of zone. You're going to, you're going to face teams that press. You're going to face teams that play man. You're going to face teams that zone you. So knowing your efficiency against man against zone, or if you're thinking about the defensive side of the ball, what is our zone defensive efficiency versus our man defensive efficiency? If you press, what's our press efficiency? Um, you'll see a stat there that looks unfamiliar called TVR. That's something we measure for our clients. You, you could measure this internally, but it, it's a measure of pace of play. So we like to look at when you get a defensive rebound or a steal or even after an opponent make. Really, anytime you gain possession and the clock's running, how often is your next possession seven seconds or less, eight seconds or less? So that's a measure of volume. And then you can also measure your efficiency there. Yeah. How can we measure uh, pace of play? Uh, probably on the film, right? You might be able to measure on the bench. Just essentially, I think the best way to measure it, because it keeps it simple, is how many times did we run? And then how many total possessions did we have? And it becomes sort of a, a fraction, right? A math problem. So if we had 50 possessions in the game and, and five of them, we're in transition, right? We can say that's a 10% transition rate. And there's ways to get more nuanced with it, but ultimately it's some version of that's going to be your best way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great stat. I really, that's something that I think we, we need to start doing in the game and so forth. Um, and, and you do this for your clients, right? I mean, you, yeah, you every- have all this, right? At, right uh, what, about, what about the end game? What are the coaches doing to get this information like right there right, during the game? Yeah, so... But because of NCAA rules a little bit, and also because of when we get our data, we get our data as soon as the game ends. So everything we send to a team comes after the game. Okay. Now the rules may change and we may start sending them like halftime reports right now. We don't do that. But what I'm, what I've got pulled up here right now, it's really simple looking and that's intentional because this is something you could do. I've mentioned this a couple of times at any level, only one person on the bench needs to you know, have a, have this piece of paper and a pencil, but this is something I started doing in Alabama back in like 2012, 2013. It's called, we, I call it an efficiency chart. And for those who can't see it, it's got a bunch of cells here uh, for the, on the left side of the page for the first half and a bunch of cells on the right for the second half offense and defense. And there's essentially a shorthand formula for tracking what happens in every cell. So every cell represents a possession, right? So if, if the number three here that's uncircled means it was a missed three point shot. If you see a number that's circled, like there's a two on the second possession, that means it was a made two-point shot. If there's a big X, that means there's a turnover. F are free throws, circled or made and, and uncircled or missed. You could change this any you wanted. You could put R for rim shot and 
you know, J for jumper. I mean, you, there's a lot you could do, but what this allows you to do in game is track the number of possessions on, on each end. You know, you've got the score. So points divided by possessions, you can know what your efficiency is. You can know what your turnover rate is, right? If you have three turnovers in your first 10 possessions, that's a 30% turnover rate. Um, you know, offensive rebounds are represented by multiple numbers in a cell. So there's a lot you can take from this. And then if, if as a team, you track other things, deflections, you know, at Alabama, we, we, we tracked what we called a clean stop, which was not just getting a stop, but not allowing an offensive rebound and not fouling at all. Right. We really wanted to keep track of how many clean stops we had defensively in the game. Um, and coach kills are three in a row. Hills are three in a row. Yeah. A lot of people track those. We track those on here. LBTs, live ball turnovers, right? A turnover is a turnover, but a live ball turnover is worse, right? So we track those separately. But you can track this stuff in game, one person. And then if you want to, this is just a Microsoft Excel. Like I put this together. I don't even know much about Excel. I was able to put something like this together. And then after the game, same game here, right? So what you saw on that first slide was, was um, just obviously full game. I didn't even fill in a lot of the final score and all that. And then after the game, Went back and just, again, Microsoft Excel, nothing fancy, filled in, just made it look a little cleaner using a computer instead of just my poor handwriting. <laughs> and then I was able to go back, and here's where you can start tracking some of the stuff we looked at on the previous slide, you know, because I was watching the film, which of these possessions were in transition? And if it was a transition possession, I just turned the cell blue. Which one was against the zone defense? Or if we were playing zone defense offensively, those cells got coded yellow. And if you do this every game, and I promise this might take you an hour to 90 minutes after the game, and it doesn't have to be you. It can be an assistant or a manager or somebody. Right. And you track this game to game. Now this gives you ammo. Like, what's our efficiency against zone defense this year? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's our transition defensive efficiency, our offensive efficiency? Not to mention you kind of overall pace of play efficiency, things like that. Um. So I was eager to share that with, with you and your people, um, your listeners. I've, I've sent this report and this template out to a lot of high school coaches. Yeah. Can and, I get, can I get that so I can send yeah. it out as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and happy for people to reach out and, and learn more about this or anything else. Yeah. That's great stuff right there. Um, and it's always about efficiency, right? I mean, we, it's about time. Um, and, and you said that this is already done for for your clients, correct? Uh, after games yeah so that hd box score i showed you yeah is just like what you just saw on you know 10 times steroids right all that information is here plus like we're able to tell you and again i don't know how feasible this is at the high school level but we're able to tell you like what was our team's offensive efficiency when a guy was in the game uh, or when a girl was in the game or defensively how do we play you know what was an individual player's shot selection you know what was their individual assist rate there's just a lot more that we can do now with kind of the coding and the processes we've set up to collect and, and data and, and produce these reports. But Cole, um, is there something, yeah. uh, what about everybody's all about actions? Like how, how do we do against different actions? Do you guys yep. do that too? We don't I mean, do that. Uh, but, yeah, pin down screen. I, I mean, all that kind of stuff. I mean, flex screen, whatever. I mean, that's not something we provide because the beauty of us is we can get the data from the official data source, you know, for all NCAA games and then produce these reports instantly and get this in a coach's hand right afterwards. Um, but I think probably every team we work with or 90% of them are tracking that. That's something that has to be tracked 
um, manually, even at the college level. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, same with you guys right at the high school level. So I, I think that's very, very smart to do that. And I think you definitely should. And I, again, all it takes is one person on your bench. If you want to do it in the game, tracking play type and success rate, uh, or you could always go back afterwards and just watch the film and track that. Yeah. And we're at a different level. I mean, a lot of the teams we play against don't really execute great. I mean, sure. and, and we, we are learning too. So I'm, we're not a high level program, but we want to teach at a high level. Um, hey, tell me, um, and before you go, how can we take this information and apply it to um, us high school coaches? How, what can we use now? Yeah, well, I think if I'm a high school coach, I'm using that possession chart or some version of it. You know, I'm sure someone out there can, can improve it even more so, but some version of that so that I can know game to game what are my efficiencies? All, all your four factors can be calculated from that, right? Because I know you guys don't necessarily have access to all that. Um, you probably have more tools than I did back in the day with your huddles and other. Well, software. huddle has the four factors right there for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm still tracking that because then I can look at my zone and man and transition efficiencies. Um, I would. I think a big thing is just for coaches to start thinking about their teams and and self-evaluation and opponent evaluation through the lens of tempo free stats. So efficiencies, you know, rebound rates. Uh, I mean, and, th and this is, this is kind of analytics 101 and, and probably a lot of your listeners way past this point, but, but some might not be, but how do you determine if a team's a good rebounding team? Don't look at rebounding margin, right? Because that's influenced by whether you make or miss a lot of shots. Uh, look at rebounding rate. Same with turnovers, right? Everyone plays at a different pace, especially at your level. So um, look at turnover rate as opposed to, to raw numbers. So, um, you know, I, it, it's tough to say because everyone's at a different place. You, know, you got some folks who never even thought about tempo free stats. You got other people who are probably teaching statistics and are super advanced on this stuff and then every, everything else in between. But um, yeah, I think, I think the mindset's important. And once you have that mindset, Right. There's, there's really a lot you can do, especially if you're willing to collect some stuff yourself. Yeah, and I know a lot of coaches are going to be contacting you, Colton, by the way, just picking your brain, not necessarily using your product. But I think it, I think for the high school level, it's coming up, don't you think? I mean, what do you envision us high school coaches having access? Because, man, there's a connection between high school and college. Hey, let's talk yeah. about the shot clock. The shot yeah. clock is now coming in because we want a connection with – the college game, don't you think this, this is going to happen in the analytics? Yeah, and, and I'd be naive if I said it, it probably already it's probably already happening, right? <clears throat> your huddles and your other companies out there. I mean, yeah, I think coaches that embrace this are going to have an advantage because this is where it's going. Right. And, you know, HDI, we don't offer any products to high school coaches, so I'm, I'm not here to, to promote our product because right now we don't really have anything to offer. I just think it's, it's good for the game. I like talking analytics. I like meeting new people. But it's certainly kind of in the back of our minds. We love college. It's really our bread and butter. But maybe down the line in a few years, um, we figure out a way to make what we do viable for college. I mean, excuse me, for high schools. Certainly something we're thinking about. Maybe maybe I'll call and have another conversation with you and get some of your feedback on it. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I like the personal touch. I think, I mean, you, you don't, you don't, huddle's great but nobody's going to help you analyze the data and give you kind of feedback. And uh, I do know a lot of people through huddle and uh, mm -hmm. 
But um, I can't complain. Huddle's pretty dang good compared to what I grew up in with VHS tapes. There you go. There you go. Because it's a video and an analytics product, right? It really kills two birds with one stone. It is awesome. And you can click a button on, on offensive rebound percentage and get all the video. There's no complaints on my part. Hey, Colton, I really appreciate you coming on. But before you go, I want to give you my, my uh, key team goals every game. Uh, my data that I look for. Yeah, I want to hear that. 75 plus shots. I'm a big shot guy. Like if I'm getting more shots, boy, I'm doing things right. My turnover rate, everything's low. Yep. Um, I want ha- I want 30 plus three-point shots. We okay. do a lot. We're not, you know, again, we want attempts. I focus on attempts. I want to force 25 plus turnovers. I want a 45% offensive rebound percentage. Uh, and I want plus 10 shot differential. Um, that is it. That's what I focus on. No, and I think, Kevin, what you said goes back to uh, one of the earlier slides we looked at. What is your unique statistical formula for success? You're already way ahead of the pack because most coaches don't have measurable goals uh, that are kind of unique to their style of play that they're looking for every game. And that's huge right there. Uh, and, and I would hope that every season, as you maybe have a different set of, of girls in your program, you know, maybe you tweak those. Maybe one year – you know, you, you get able to press more. And so you can try to force a turnover. I mean, there, there, there's tweaks you can make there, but no, I, I think those are great. I love that first one. That's your simplest one, the 75 shots. Mm-hmm. I think that one's really good because that, that incorporates limiting turnovers, right? Getting offensive rebounds and pace of play because you're not getting 75 shots up unless you, you're pretty strong in all those areas. So I, I think that's, that's a good one. And, and it's really simple for your players to understand. Simple. Like, There's no math required. It's like, guys, we didn't get up 75 shots today, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to get there, like you said, these are the things we have to do. Um, Sometimes simple is actually very complex, right? No question. (laughs) No question. I mean, look, we play – this is one of my rants. I know you got to run, but we play a simple game. And at the end of the day, if if we have more points than they do, it's good. And if we don't, it's bad. That's right. It's just – at the end, people laugh when I say this. At the end of the day, basketball is a math problem. How do we have more points than them at the end of the game? But like you said, that's simple, but how do you achieve that's very complex. You know, you can run a million different offenses and defenses, and obviously there's a thousand ways to bake a cake there, but I love getting into it and talking about it. Cole, thank you so much for joining. You're now part of the Championship Vision family, my friend. So I love it. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. How can how can the coaches get a hold of you? What's I know you're on social media and, and so forth. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Colton underscore Houston. My DMs are open there. And then uh, email, it's Colton at hdintelligence.com. And Google's always easy. If you just Google my name or HD Intelligence, it'll all pop up. So email or uh, Twitter is probably, probably the easiest way to get to me. And I recommend coaches checking out your website, correct? Yeah, you can definitely check out the website, learn a little bit more about us. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and just say that again, the website, if you can, it's HD intelligence. So H D as in dog intelligence.com. That's the name of our company. That's, That's our website. And, uh, my email's on there too. Uh, good way to get in touch with us. All right. Colton, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. All right. Take All right. care and continue you, luck. Thanks. You got a game tonight, don't you? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. Good luck. Go get you that W get those 75 shots, man. Got to get those 75 shots up. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist.
With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. Hi, this is Matt from Court Cart. The Court Cart is a great way to store your basketballs and is handy at practice. You can lock up 24 men's or 30 women's basketballs with our zippered top. The cart is sturdy and easy to wheel around the court. The cart is $2.69 with free shipping. The court board is a whiteboard that attaches to the cart so you can draw plays up on the court. The Court Cart court board package is $5.28 with free shipping. You can find out more information on courtcart.com. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential.